If there's one thing we've learned about business and life, it's that people are the X Factor. They constantly surprise us, both in amazing ways and not so much. We're Ben and Sia, and welcome to the Gnaw on This Business Bites podcast. This show is all about real-life things we all deal with every day, how they relate to business, and how to make some sense out of our daily chaos. Welcome to the show. And welcome back to another episode of Non This Business Bites. I'm Ben. This is Sia. And today I want to talk about something that has been driving me crazy because I'm seeing it more and more on LinkedIn in human resource conversations. And it's something that's, you know, it's just sticking in my craw and I just need to talk about it. And this is the fact that people are calling people human capital. HR departments are calling people human capital instead of human beings. And the reason this drives me nuts is that we're not chattel. We're not a commodity. We're not something that's interchangeable. We're not Lego. And I think that's exactly what the word human capital represents. It's sitting there going, okay, this is yet another asset on the books. It's it's a line in GL in the GL. It's something that we could either, you know, fire a thousand people, hire a thousand people. And that's what it is. It's just numbers in the abstract. Instead of taking a look and saying, wait a second here, every single person is a human being. Every single person has a family, you know, whether it's their own physical family, their wife, their husband, their kids, their dog, whatever, or they have parents, they, they could have whoever. And there are people they're responsible to. So it's not that we're just hiring them. We're hiring the people around them. And when we, you know, when we sit there and say, oh, well, we'll just, we'll get rid of a thousand people because it's, you know, this is a human capital decision. And all of a sudden you're not just getting rid of a thousand people. You're affecting a thousand ecosystems. And we need to stop thinking of people that way. We need to stop thinking of people in the abstract and in the aggregate. And we need to start thinking about them as human beings in in the singular and in, in the specific and realize when we're hiring a person, we're hiring a person because we want that particular person to grow and succeed within our organization. We don't want a human capital to succeed within our organization and, and take over a slot A because we've got rid of somebody within that slot A. We want somebody who can sit there and think for themselves, somebody who can act and react, somebody who can be resilient, somebody who can be adaptive and creative and somebody who's going to grow with the company and feel that they matter and that they're listened to, understood, and valued. So, see, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but to me, this word human capital just drives me nuts. You know, it's funny is that I agree. I think human capital is like the worst term you could do use, especially in the context of human resources, right? you the idea of human resources is to be an advocate for the employee base, right? To represent the company's corporate and cultural interests. But at the same time, they're still managing their employee base to, to ensure that everything is in, in alignment. Right. Yeah. And uh, just the term human capital does sound like chattel, right? It does sound like, um, like a line on an Excel spreadsheet somewhere. Right. It does sound like robotic, that we're just a number and an automaton, right? It, it's so devoid of actual humanity. And mm. I think that's what's bugging you a little bit. So I agree fundamentally with what you're saying. 
I feel like I'm going to go on the other side of it. All right. You go, girl. Let's make things a little bit fun for us. Okay. (laughs) I'm tired of us agreeing all the time. Damn it, Ben. So I'm going to argue this as a business grows. Okay. Not every hiring manager, not every CEO is going to have the time to interview all the new hires. As companies grow, processes need to come into place. Right. And processes should be a guideline to create efficiency and consistency. So there's no question of overly subjectivity, meaning like, oh, well, you know, Ben wore purple to the interview. I'm the hiring person or I'm the HR person, nothing to do with the job or the team, but I just hate people wearing color purple. So therefore I boot you out and veto you. Right. I understand where processes need to come into play. Right. Just to ensure the integrity of the company and all that good stuff. I think the article that you had posted that kind of inspired our posts was about leveraging predictive analytics. Yeah. Okay. And ATS systems and everything like that. All that stuff. And so, again, the whole idea of predictive anything, AI, anything, machine learning, anything that has to do with the human element is a dangerous game to play, if you will. Right. Very true. And I, I think what's bothering me most about that predictive word is its assumption is like born identity that we are going to predict your behavior based on whatever, however you write your resume, which half the time people are like faking the resumes anyway with other bots, but just leave it at that. I do think the bots trying to outwit the bots. I mean, that's, that's, that's where a lot of it is coming down to today in in resume building. It, It is. And I think we run that very big risk of, um, Yes, we have to have processes in place. Yes, if you're a huge company that's popular, you know, everyone wants to work at, you know, all the big tech companies, for example. I sure. almost said Twitter, but I was like, well, I'll just hold off on that comment. But I mean, like, you know, everyone wants to work at a big company, right? Or a successful, popular company. Well, as such, you're going to get a high volume of people. Well, if you're HR, you can't have one singular person and you can't hire a team of 100 people to manually go through it, right? So there has to be some level level of optimization. There has to be some level of, I don't want to say parsing through, but something. And that's the weird line that I'm torn on is where is that? Where is that line that says, okay, we got to like funnel up people that want to interview for an executive VP of cybersecurity role and they run a dog grooming business, right? You, you There's got to be something there. So I know it irks you, sir. I know. But from my perspective, but, what if it's a way of how do we add the humanity back to that kind of volume when you have to process stuff like that? Okay, so ATS is you know, automatically, I'm going to have to look at what the word means, but the ATS system, which is the system that HR uses to be able to sit there and say, okay, throw all the resumes in. It goes through the thing, says these people meet so much criteria, these people don't meet so much criteria. Okay, those who are part of the system kick them out. Right. Okay. Yes, you're right. The dog groomer going for the Z- VP is cybersecurity. Probably not the best fit. Okay. <laughs> but, and I do realize that. However, the humanity comes down to the fact of you have an automated system. Okay. The automated system could just as easily when those 752 people that the, that the ATS system automatically kicks out, sends them a personalized email that says, thank you for being, first of all, an email that says, we we have received your your resume. 
Okay. Then when the system kicks it out, actually have an email that goes out and says, thank you for doing this. We have not accepted you at this point. Our, our, you have not made the qualifications. However, here are some other, you know, here are some other things that you may want to look at within within our hiring process and and have the system be able to be smart enough to look at the person's resume skills and say these are the type of jobs that, that we actually have that they might actually be qualified for and be able to as we go through the resume system and as we go through the hiring process that we communicate on a regular basis letting people know that hey you've made it to the next step or I'm sorry you haven't made it to the next step and, but we really appreciate it. Instead of companies just go say, well, we've got too many people. We, we can't respond to everybody. You're use, if you're using technology to kick people out, you can use that same uh, technology to be human enough to send somebody an email and say, I heard you. We value you. Thank you, but you don't have the skill set and say it in whatever words you want to for this particular job. However, you know, we really appreciate you taking the time to be part of this. And the companies that over the years that I have applied to that actually send back those kickback emails, even if you didn't get the job, at least you appreciate the fact that you weren't ignored, that you didn't take the time and the effort and you were ignored versus the ones that you don't, you just never hear anything and you just, you have no idea whether you got it or you didn't get it. So to me, that's where the humanity needs to be. The humanity needs to be is that. These are individual human beings that took the time and made the effort to apply to be a job, to put themselves out there and to be able to put themselves in the process. They deserved at least the honor of the recognition to say, thank you, but no, thank you. And even if that is an automated email and it's not a phone call from somebody say, Hey, you know what? Sorry, you didn't make it. So we need to build humanity even into our technical processes. Yeah, no, I hear you on that. It's funny because I was, you just made me think about again further. Okay. So I have a process in place and again, I'm coming from the perspective of a, the, the HR corporate side of the yep. house. Okay. Now, if you're a small business, obviously take the time to interview people like, you know, the different question, right? Different issue in that respect. But um, what I thought was interesting about that article, and this is more, I'm probably now I'm switching back over to your side of things, but sure. what I found fascinating about this article that was written, and if we want to, we can include that link if you want to reference it. Yeah, we could, we could put the link in there. So what I thought was interesting was they, this predictive analytics was a way to help give guidance on potentially someone uh, being able to fit in a corporate culture. And, 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 or maybe their problem solving skills might be a benefit to a team looking to, you know, as a gap in that particular group or something, right? And I just thought about this. It popped up in my head. How the hell do you define corporate culture other than like telling the algorithm, I like, you know, uh, accountability. I like puppies versus I like cats. integrity. Yes. I like, I mean, so I don't understand what that definition is. So anyone that's in the analytics world here, and, and if you're looking at AI engines to process all this stuff, I mean, they say AI is only as smart as a coder that coded it, right? Mm -hmm. And they have their own inherent biases. I don't understand how does one define their corporate culture, like other than to simply say we're high integrity, high accountability, high fun, high whatever. Like those are generic things to me that to me is like that's not – that's not intelligence. That's just you filled out a bunch of drop downs and say, this is the profile that someone has to fit in. Well, 99 freaking percent of resumes are all going to say that's what they are. 
So where does this, they fit into the corporate culture mentality that I just, that's such an elusive human description. Well, and that's where human beings need to get involved. And that's why nobody should ever be hired by a machine. And I think that we need to have those two or three interviews with people to actually sit there and talk to people and find out who people are as human beings and not as human capital. And I think that that's where we need to look at it and say, yes, let the machines do what the machines do. The machines are there to, to, you know, to separate the wheat from the chaff. I get that. There needs to be some cutoff line. There needs to be able a line in the sand that says, you know what? We got 10,000 resumes. We can only look at 150. And these are the ones based on the criteria that we put forward, we think have the best chance of doing it. And you're probably going to miss 50 great people because you've built it into some computerized system that is there, you know, somebody misspelled their name. And therefore they're going to get kicked. They're going to get kicked out of the system, even if they were a great candidate, but we need to sit there and say, okay, how do we give people a second look? How do we make sure that the actual technology is really doing what the technology is doing and not just putting us in a position where we're hiring automatons instead of hiring the people that we really need? Oh, 100%. And if I just may one, just add one more set, seg, segment to this is what irks me too. And this is just throwing this out there is there are people who are career transitioning. So you know what? I'm going to go back to my thing saying, okay, someone going for a VP cybersecurity role and they own a dog grooming business that doesn't diminish the dog grooming business's capabilities. However, if they actually, maybe that was their latest thing, maybe prior to they were VPs of cybersecurity elsewhere and they decided to go an entrepreneurial pursuit, right? Like that's something too, again, that I think with this predictive analytics and all that needs to have that level of intelligence of maybe either people transitioning careers or maybe they were in IT all along and they're transitioning to cybersecurity. Yep. They're very much capable of the role. They just may not have, quote, Python coding, blah, blah, blah behind it. it it's got to be appropriate. That's all I'm saying. And that's where I think that predictive analytics does irk me a little bit. And any company application software and I, any software company that does this, I invite you to reach out to me and prove me that you guys have that human element component of it because I do not think it's there yet. So um, it's, I'm it's getting there, but industry. I think we're still 20 years away or 30 years away. Well, and, even then, and, do you want our, do you really want those machine things to like be as good as I mean, oh my as good as us to predict. I mean, come it on. It never will be. It never See, will be. I can't predict what I'm going to do tomorrow in five minutes from now. So what the hell does get some machine can tell me what my predictive, that, that's actually probably what they're going to say. See, I can't predict anything, but anyway. Okay. Let's, let's leave it there. I think we've not on this enough. I think this is Ben. This is Sia. And we'll see you soon. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for listening to another episode of not on this business bites. If you liked what you heard, we most humbly ask that you like, share, and hit that subscribe button. And if you want to communicate more effectively within your organization, contact Ben at yourbrandmarketing.com or me at brilliantbeammedia.com. We can help you build your community, brand awareness, and personality through digital content and podcasting. We cannot wait to hear from you. So see you next week for another episode of not on this, business fights.